This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. So, economic growth is up, the price of inflation is down, real incomes are, on, going, are up, and the price of gas is down. Economic growth is up, price inflation is down, real incomes are up, gas prices are down. Economic growth is up, price inflation is down. Real incomes are up, gas prices are down. So the economy is up, price inflation is down, real incomes are up, gas prices are down. Economic growth is up, price inflation is down, real incomes are up, and gas prices are down. I wonder what would happen if somebody, let's say like our third congressional district congressman, Blaine Lutgemeyer. Mr. Lutgemeyer, if you went out on the campaign trail and was telling as many lies like that, the president, some of those, by the way, over the weekend, he's still repeating, still repeating, still repeating. What would happen if you went out and started campaigning and telling a bunch of lies like the Democrat president, Joe Biden, is? Well, uh, thank you, uh, Brandon. Good morning. Um, well, I think what would happen, number one, is the media would go crazy about it. Uh, every newspaper would, would be commenting about the inaccuracies of my comments. Number two, the uh, my, my opponent would be sitting there, you know, cutting up commercials about everything that I said that was wrong and blasting away about it. So, uh, you know, it would undermine my credibility, it would undermine my ability to have any sort of dialogue with uh, my constituents that would be based on the trust that they would have in me uh, to be able to tell them the truth. And quite frankly, you know, whenever the president goes out and says these things, his credibility, as low as it is, continues to seek even lower um, because you can't trust the thing he says. And he's not he is, he's either totally out of his mind with what stuff he's saying or he's just totally incompetent. I mean, you can't make that many statements that are that wrong. Once in a while, you're going to make a misstep. But this is over and over and over again. I mean, you can't make these kind of statements and think that you're, you're going to get away with it. It just makes no sense. And if we put the politics <laughs> aside for a second, Congressman, because I'm wondering, okay, so you're either you're lying or seriously you're just stupid to keep repeating things that are widely fact-checked, things we know just as a simple matter of truth aren't true. We know these things aren't true. Uh, is he stupid or is he intentionally lying in your mind? Well, I think it's it's probably, a, I think he's intentionally telling us misstatements. I think he's also not as competent as he used to be. I think he, he he's I think he's being fed a bunch of nonsense and he's regurgitating some of it and doesn't understand that he's, you know, hurting himself. I think his his mental capacities have diminished to the point where I'm not sure he even knows what he's doing anymore. I mean, you can't make this many misstatements and expect people to to continue to believe you. I mean, he's smart enough politician to understand that. So there, there's something else wrong here with this man. And, and it's unfortunate, but you, know, you can't make this many, <laughs> you just can't say yeah. much stuff that's wrong all the time. Well, it's next time, yeah, next time you're chatting with your, uh, <laughs> with your colleagues there in, uh, in DC, you can let them know, say, Hey, I'm on this radio show, uh, wake up mid Missouri on a somewhat of a regular basis. And you can tell them the story I'm going to tell you is we've had an incredible number over the past year, really, uh, maybe since Afghanistan, no, almost a year and a half, the number of young people that we have had tuning into this show uh, here on 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950, the number of younger people, the number of regretful Biden voters that have gravitated towards this show as we've tried to explain, OK, these aren't conservative talking points when we talk about the president. Here's how every single misstep and mistake that he has made in his administration made Here's how it affects you. And so I think maybe these these lies, 
that is one of the reasons more and more people continue to turn their back. The people that supported and voted for him continue to turn their back uh, on the president of the United States. Brandon, thank you. Uh, Congressman, we appreciate you joining us. I know you're very busy and we'll be very interested to see what happens in the election tomorrow because if Republicans take control, you're in line to be a very powerful committee chair, so we'll be paying close attention to that. I do want to ask you about something different. That's an interview we had last hour. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it with Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft because Cole County is in your district. Today at 10 o'clock, as uh, Secretary Ashcroft told my colleague Brandon Rathard, the Justice Department will be meeting with Secretary Ashcroft and Clerk Korsmeyer at the Kirkpatrick Building. Apparently, they have concerns about people in wheelchairs being able to vote in Cole County. It's a little vague on what their concerns are. Ashcroft doesn't even think they need to have these concerns. What, what's your take on these concerns, and do you share the DOJ's concerns about uh, what's happening in Cole County about polling places? Well, I just kind of got a little bit of a snippet of this concern. I, I, I'm not really up to snuff on everything, all the ins and outs of it. But I think, you know, uh, the Cole County, you know, it's up to the clerks of the, of the counties to decide the polling places in each one of the precincts. And hopefully they they look at all of the uh, ability uh, to access those places for disabled individuals, um, people with different kinds of handicaps. And if they're not doing that, then that is a, that is a problem. Uh, and I think uh, it needs to be addressed. But I think normally, um, you know, most of these, I've, I've, this is the first I've ever heard of a problem like this from the standpoint that, you know, normally the clerks of the, of the county will find places that are accessible for handicapped folks. Uh, so maybe maybe Cole County has a problem. I don't know. I'm. I just somebody texted me last night something about it, and I haven't been able to follow up on it yet this morning. I've been busy with some other things here, but um, um, yeah, I, we'll we'll see once when it comes out. But it's, it's a good point, Brian. I, if there's a, if there is a problem, we they need to uh, need to address it certainly. Thank you, thank you for your time on that. If you if you get three or four minutes when you're not busy today, Congressman, you can always go to our websites ninety three nine theeagle dot com and kwos dot com and check out our uh, conversation that we had with Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft about an hour ago. Okay. Congressman yeah. uh, Blaine Lukemeyer, 3rd uh, Congressional District, uh, represents the 3rd Congressional District in Washington, D.C. He's hanging out with us this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Congressman, if you're indeed re-elected, uh, talk to us about priorities. And number two on that side of that question is, how is your new district going to affect your priorities? <clears throat> well, um... You know, I have the University of Missouri in my district now, um, so that would be something that's going to be uh, a little bit more of a priority for me from the standpoint that, you know, most of the things that myself and, my, and the Missouri delegation work on are all things that are helpful to the state of Missouri. Uh, we, you know, whenever, when you get the, the national stuff aside, anything that helps Missouri, why we're usually all working together on that. So it's not that I have been working on issues. I haven't been, you know, the direct representative of the University of Missouri. So now we will be. It will be, you know, I've already had a meeting with, uh, you know, President Choi. Uh, so uh, we're, we're looking to try and have a good rapport with him and work on things that can be helpful to his university as well as some other, um, you know, higher education uh, facilities in our district. But other than that, um, you know, everything else is pretty much the same. We still have a lot of the uh, small manufacturing plants around St. Louis. I still have the GM plant. I lost the Toyota plant up in Lincoln County. Uh, so we have, I still have a lot of the Boeing stuff in St. Charles County and still have Lake of the Ozarks, still have a lot of the utility, you know, the, the, the Bengal Dam as well as, um, 
uh, the Callaway Nuclear Plant and some coal-fired plants in St. Charles County there. So uh, <clears throat> it's still a lot of rural area as well. Still have Jefferson City, the capital. All of those things have unique um, uh, situations that we have to work on. And then we still have, you know, all of Missouri River. In fact, we've picked up more Missouri River that goes across the state. So we have a little less of the Mississippi River. But river issues are still a huge issue as well. So from the standpoint of issues, um, you know, I think it's going to be basically roughly the same we had from the priorities of my you know, the next term here, uh, being in the majority, those priorities will shift a little bit from the standpoint that being in the minority, you don't really have the ability to do a lot of this legislative stuff. You're doing more in the oversight position. Here, we will be in the position to be able to do some uh, some legislative stuff. And I've got a couple of bills already ready to go. One that deals with the Small Business Administration. Another one deals with some stuff with regards to Consumer Financial Protection Agency that's really out of control. And uh, then we will do some other things uh, that are a little lesser uh, of importance, but those bills are, are very, very important to, um, to the agencies that we oversee there. And so um, that will be uh, a big priority, getting some legislative stuff out there, as well as continue to do oversight. Um, you know, being in the majority in, in the House and hopefully the Senate, we'll be able to do more oversight, and uh, that's the check and balance of our system. You know, uh, the, the executive branch is supposed to be a check on the legislative branch, and our uh, uh, legislative branch is supposed to be a check on the uh, executive branch. And then Supreme Court, the, uh, the uh, judicial branch, checks both of us. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the way the system is supposed to work. And so our job will be continuing to provide oversight. You know, it's a little, little difficult whenever the Democrats have had both the House and the Senate as well as the White House. They've kind of had a carte blanche to be able to do what they want to. So but that's about to stop. And uh, we'll see if we can get some positive things done for the for our citizens. So we can certainly stop a lot of nonsense. But uh, to be able to do some things in a positive way, we're gonna we're gonna push a lot of good stuff out of the House. Hopefully, it gets through the Senate. We'll see what the president does with it when it gets through the desk. Congressman Blaine Lukemeyer here on Wake Up Mid Missouri. Because um, I'm wondering. So we talk about how bad the economy is. We're expecting <laughs> this red wave, and so you go back to D.C. Everybody's sworn in in January. What's the first? actionable item or two if there is this red wave in the house in the senate like what's the first thing or two that we do to try to undo what the democrats uh have done well Leo mccarthy said that the first thing we're going to do is uh get rid of those eighty-seven thousand new irs agents that were there to do nothing more than spy and crawl through all of our income tax returns um that's one of the first orders of business to defund that I think what you'll see is, um, uh, you know, we've been spending this last whole year going through and uh, listening to all the people from um, around the country and coming up with our commitment to America. And in that commitment, you know, we've got four pillars of things that we want to do there. Um, you know, it deals with the economy and strengthening our, our national security, you know, being more protecting our freedom and things like that. And so we'll, we'll have bills across the board to do all that, everything from, you know, um, restricting the bills to the president to stop permitting for oil uh, oil drilling to you know doing something about education CRT stuff to try and put some pro-life protections in place to uh, continue to you know do something with our national strategic oil reserve how can the president continue rating that thing at the you know at the expense of our national security interests here this is nuts um and then you know uh we've got a lot of investigative duties to do with regards to some of the nonsense that's been going on in administration but i think legislatively there's a whole slew of things out there of things we want to do um and i think um you'll see a lot of that happen pretty quickly 
All right, we got to get going here. I know you got to get going. Did you get to sit down and watch the entire Chiefs game last night? Uh, I got uh, about the last four or five minutes in the first uh, half, and then I got the last half of the game. So, so yeah, I, you got the important exciting. parts. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting. Right. They uh, they continue to uh, be both uh, frustrating and exciting when you watch them. They, they they struggle, struggle, struggle. And all of a sudden, they just everything clicks and they run the ball down the field and score and make an exciting game out of it. So never give up on them. They're they're a really a talented group of folks. That's why we love our sports teams, whether it's the Cardinals, whether it's the Chiefs. We love that up-and-down emotional roller coaster when we follow our sports teams. Congressman Blaine Lukemeyer, uh, if there's anything that we can do to uh, serve the citizens here in mid-Missouri, as always, let us know. Thank you, guys. Always do a great job. It's always fun to be with you. Take care. All right. We appreciate you joining us on the show. Coming up, Morning Bell, Business News, a little twist. Only Stephanie Bell. She ain't lying this morning, by the way. What do you have for us? This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Hi. It's 826 time. I don't know why. Uh, hi. Good night. Hi. Good night. Hello and good night. Time for the morning morning bell. I used to be against it, but now I'm for it, I think. Uh, Morning bell business news. A little twist. Only Stephanie Bell can give you. So the Wall Street Journal is reporting how morticians are putting the fun in funerals. And we always have such a fun time on this show when we talk about ashes and cremation and human composting. And um, apparently... (laughs) We always have fun, but... Management doesn't. Why do people get so mad when we talk about death? Well, I don't know. Gail has it down. She's quoted, Gail Rubin is quoted in this article. She's organized several Before I Die festivals. Um, and she says, we're convincing people that just as talking about sex doesn't make you pregnant, talking about death doesn't make you dead. And so she's, they're trying to get people, obviously it's a moneymaker, right, for funerals if they can get you to pay, or funeral homes if they can get you to pay up front. Um, but they're actually having like parties. One of these Day of the Dead themed festivals, they played Coco from Walt Disney's Pixar. Um, and they just talk about death and then sometimes they give away like fun, fun prizes. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Uh- no. You get a coffin. You get a coffin. You get yeah. a coffin. And I think it's interesting. The other thing that I think is interesting when they're doing that stuff, they're doing like what they call like living funerals. Mm-hmm. So like you can go and take part in your funeral, man. <laughs> I would rather do that. I mean, yeah, I think that would be fun. If you know you're going to die, you should have like a big party. Why not? Uh, and I'm, I still go back to, man, and my family knows this. Uh, I don't have it in. In legalese, I haven't written it down on paper, but everybody, write that down. Everybody knows. I don't want a, a, a funeral. I don't want a casket. Don't take up space in the ground. Don't spend several thousand dollars on a casket or a concrete. I'm dead. I'm gone. Those are just markers of my physical body. It's my soul that'll be gone. Well, in Arizona, they had one of these living funerals, and they had um, an open casket filled with Bud Light, a funeral <laughs> procession. But if it's if it's not an actual funeral, then it's just a parade, right? Like it's yeah. a funeral parade, and, and uh, it had a hearse. Um, there was a commercial props designer, and yeah, it was just like a big party. I love that idea. And I think you do the you do the hearse and these people that are doing these living funerals, you should actually do like a uh uh you know, a procession from your living funeral to the thing and your 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 hearse is like got a three and a half inch lift kit and a killer paint job on it and it's it's uh blaring country music, you know. I like this idea. Going down sixty three. 
I've heard people having like living funerals for their single self before they get married, right? Like having a big pseudo funeral for your single self and your single life. Hannah, maybe we'll have one of those for you. No, but my my little twist on this though is especially in hard times like recessions mm -hmm. right now you know as small business owners as small business community you really do have to get creative and we're seeing like mass layoffs at the big companies um but points to these folks for getting kind of creative knowing that you know they've got to do something to keep their business fresh and fun hello and john marsh yes ma'am and i want to talk about this late breaking uh court order from i believe friday john marsh from judge beatham about uh the law that went into effect uh just before the well in august i guess did you see this yeah and that was a, a little bit in the weeds i think for a lot of it we don't want people to get confused with judge beatham's rec uh decision on friday that was uh, basically a preliminary injunction wasn't it stopping people from going out and being being paid to register voters right and i mean that's why i kind of wanted to talk about it because i don't want people to be confused i actually got caught off guard a little bit when i saw it on twitter and you know i just saw the headlines and they said oh election law you know a, a preliminary injunction and i'm thinking oh my gosh the election's tuesday does it change anything and i think bottom line is that it won't really change anything about voting for tomorrow most of it had to do with um absentee voting and then also voter registration as you said which you know you the voter registration deadline for tuesday has already passed but I do think it is it was all the provisions were all part of the same lawsuit, for example, that implemented photo ID. So nothing about what um, the, those were two separate lawsuits. So nothing about photo ID has changed for tomorrow. But I think some people thought, oh, my gosh, the whole law is enjoined. And really, um, I think there's four provisions that the judge took issue with. One was um, paid solicitation of voter registration. So if you're being paid to go out there and collect uh, voter registrations. The other one is a requirement that if you were going to collect more than uh, 10 voter registrations, you had to basically sign up with the state and just let the state know you were doing that. Um, there were other provisions regarding um, whether or not you had to be a Missouri resident to solicit um, voter registrations in Missouri. And then also um, whether or not, uh, let's see, oh, if you could solicit a voter into obtaining an absentee ballot ab application. So you're right. It's a little bit in the weeds, but, you know, there's they, I think folks do have concerns about ballot harvesting, about, you know, some sort of organization. You know, if you're you're out there getting paid to just register people to vote, you know, it, it kind of invites um, it could invite some funny business. And so I think some of these things are put into place as protections. But right now uh, there's a pr preliminary injunction uh, against these issued again by Judge Beatham on Friday. So but bottom line tomorrow, things look pretty much the same unless the fbi is standing at your polling place well we will know more hopefully by 11 a.m you think you, you guys will have some late breaking stuff for us on that right yeah hopefully we'll we'll see what uh what kind of line in the sand that uh, the cole county clerk steve Korsmeyer, and secretary of state ashcroft and the doj's election people may end up drawing it it could get interesting well and i suspect we will also if you if you have additional questions about tomorrow or um want an update uh i do know the secretary of state is planning a facebook live and i think he's done this before he's planning a facebook live tonight at 6 p.m so i'm i'm assuming he will address uh the doj issue but then also he is expected to answer um questions from you on Facebook. So that's pretty fun. Did you hear, Hannah, what is back in the news in Colombia? I am oh, shocked. I didn't hear, but can I guess? Yes. Is it 
the dang roll carts again. It is the roll carts. You're kidding me. I can't believe, I, where are all of our Facebook groups that, because there were like <laughs> Facebook groups dedicated to roll carts. I have not seen those pop back up, but actually it's going to be discussed at tonight's meeting. City staff recommends automated trash collection and what they mean by automated trash collection. I like, I like how the <laughs> Columbia, Missouri, they refuse to use the word roll carts. I bet people have their uh, Google alerts set for the word roll carts, but this is, this is one of those issues, John, that I've described to Brandon as kind of like the conference center issue in Jeff City. It's like the perpetual issue that no one can seem to find a good answer to. And in Jeff City, you just don't talk about trash. You have your roll carts and you're good, right? Yeah, if you think back a number of years, and it was a number of years when they went to the the two carts in Jefferson City, there was a lot of pushback, you know, with the with the the recycling stream cart next to the trash cart and all that. But people, I think the vast majority of people worked through it, learned it, got used to it. And it was kind of a kind of a no-brainer in I, Jefferson City after a while. Yeah, after a while, I actually loved it. And I loved having that extra recycling for my cardboard. Um, sitting on the Ashland Board of Aldermen, we had our trash contract come up last year or maybe a year and a half ago. And we were, I think, only going to have to pay an extra dollar to get the second recycling cart. And I think, and I voted yes, and I lost by one vote. So I still (laughs) have to weekly break down all of my boxes, load them into my car, drive them over by the, um, if you don't know where the recycling is in Ashland, it's over by the primary school, then walk all the cardboard into the dumpster. I mean, I used to do this in Kirksville 30 years ago. Um, maybe not 30, but a while ago when I was in college, that's what you had to do. And so I love having the recycling cart, I guess, on the table. So the city's meeting tonight, uh, Columbia, at 5 p.m. to talk about or to get a presentation from the Solid Waste Division about this issue. A lot of it comes down to, well, it will come down to public sentiment, I think. But some of it for the city comes down to money. And right now um, there's there's it, it goes both ways. So, you know, with workers comp and other and worker injuries and stuff, the way that they have it now is pretty expensive doing the bags. Um, here you would get some uh, new trucks. There are some other things, but the city is flush with cash right now. And so they're saying if, if there is a time to do it, I think it, it's pretty much right now. Um, and that, you know, future costs would be uh, limited. Um, so, and they said one of the advantages is that the new trucks would not require a CDL and finding people with the CDL is very expensive. Um, and so there are some cost savings to moving toward an automated, what did the, so is this the politically correct way of saying roll carts, automated trash collection? <laughs> oh, <laughs> goodness. One was a, with a big articulated arm that comes off the side of the truck, picks up the trash can, dumps it, sets it back down again. And yes. the expense for those trucks, do we know how many years it would take to pay those off? I don't. There are a lot of numbers in this article, and that's why I think if you're really, if this is your issue, the presentation is going to be important for you tonight. And they, it, <laughs> it's it, going to be a packed house, I'm sure. Oh my goodness. Well, I, you know, I really haven't heard a lot about it, but I, I suspect once this gets fired up, people will be fired up again. But I think, you know, the bags are have just been a disaster. I think whether it's animals, whether it's getting the stickers, and the city did say that's one reduced cost is that they no longer have to. Pr- print all of these bag stickers which apparently sometimes are even hard to find uh i i would love to speak with the person who thought that the uh city of columbia logoed trash bags was a great compromise to the trash situation because what a farce right that's how it was in jefferson city for years before they went to uh to the trash bins on, on the corner you had to go down you had to buy the i think they were yellow at the time you had to buy the yellow trash bags and then like like you said stephanie that 
animals would get into them and you you had this high dollar trash bag and the neighbor dog still tore it up (laughs) yikes well and i think the automated trash system would also spur new business which i don't think anyone's doing this right now if if you know someone doing this let me know but i've seen in like other large cities where they have the bins there's actually a service that's like clean your bins and it actually comes around you can schedule it to come around once a week once a month and it will spray out those there's a guy in jefferson city oh there is okay cool i need his i need his info but i think there we go spurring automated trash roller carts will spur additional local businesses so (laughs) i like that as well i think the other thing i I know uh brian houseworth always uh, raises the concern of of the uh, elderly um sometimes you know the really big bins are are heavy and they're hard to get around if you don't get around so well yourself um and then i know a lot of folks are there they can be kind of ugly and so the question is do you put them inside your house and let them stink up your garage do you put them on the front of your house and just make your you know that's kind of ugly do you remember last time roll carts were hot in columbia somebody had started a trash pandas for roll carts or something like that yeah, the raccoon page. it was a facebook group and basically it was pretending to be a raccoon gang in columbia basically and they were <laughs> that's funny they were very against roll carts because they, they wanted to continue to be able to dig in the loose trash bags on the street it was pretty good i think we're gonna whoever is i think the person who was in charge of that is a wake-up listener we need that to get revived for this current debate so they did want to make clear that there are there's no votes tonight it is just simply a presentation to start the discussion about roll carts again the ignite the debate that is the ongoing forever debate but it, this is one of those issues that I would like to see Columbia put to bed because when you know we get folks from out of town and like are you guys really are you you're talking about roll carts again weren't we talking about this 10 years ago and yes yes we were but we weren't I, I would say the important thing is we weren't allowed to talk about roll carts until just recently because we had the ban. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, so there was the charter ban on talking about roll carts. And so when we voted to lift the ban, we weren't voting for roll carts. But what we were voting for was the opportunity to even talk about roll carts. So here is the result of that vote we are having tonight. Um, we <laughs> we will be talking about roll carts for the first time in a while. Um, coming up in just a few minutes, we are going to do leftovers. There is so much going on with our election and other things. Um, John, you got some leftovers for us? Yeah, there's a couple of them. They've been kind of uh, floating off the radar a little bit just because of our breaking news about the DOJ and the Cole County clerk. All right, we'll get to those in just about five minutes. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Cart debate here in Columbia. The city is going to be discussing it tonight at 5. Dale says, here is a good idea for trash collection in Columbia. Private companies. I'm with you there, Dale. What a novel idea. Right? Uh, And Quentin says, what about the streets that only have parking on the street and those trash cans are going to be picked up by the machine and maybe they'll damage some cars? And Quentin, that's a good question. I hope someone shows up tonight to the city to ask that. I, uh, when I had the roll carts in Jeff City, I had a small tree near the the uh, <laughs> road, and somehow the trash can or the trash truck caught. It only had like three branches, and just I mean, those things come down with force apparently. Oops! And I lost. And um, then I had a tree with two branches, which was really sad. That's that's like a fork. That's not even a tree. I know it was bad. <laughs> so there are lots of questions yet to be answered. But let's get to some leftovers here. Here's a big old serving of leftovers. Enjoy. All right, John, what do you have in your fridge? Well, I thought it was interesting. We've talked so much all morning about 
Cole County Clerk Steve Korsmeyer having to meet with uh, John, Jay Ashcroft and the Department of Justice folks at 10 o'clock. But uh, he is only predicting now about 35% of the 53,000 registered voters in Cole County will go to the polls today. And that tracks about along with the August primary. It was right around 30%. We heard Brian report this morning that Boone County Clerk Brianna Lennon is lowering her overall voter turnout for Boone County from 65 to 55%. But I think her number was that more than 700 Boone County voters cast no excuse absentee ballots on Friday. And that was uh, the biggest one day turnout since they started uh, late last month. You know, so it's, it's kind of all over the place on protections. I've always wondered why voter turnout is always so low. I mean, it's it's sad. It really is. Why would you not just go vote? You know ahead of time what day it's going to be. Why wouldn't you just go do it? A lot of people don't care. Like there are a lot of people out there. We get we get so involved in it in this business where we're you know we're we're tunnel visioned on this. And I think if you believe the numbers, two thirds of the people don't care. But they registered to vote like that. I don't know. Yeah, I that's don't know. True. Maybe they just do it for the presidential elections. That's when we see, you know, yeah. when, we, when we see, you know, 60 some percent <laughs> and the clerks are overjoyed. It's a presidential election. We got two thirds of the people out there went to the polls. Well, and for me, I think the difference is going to be really looking at the breakdown. If we are lower this midterm than we have been in the past, right? If we're tracking even lower than our normal low turnout, who was missing? Is it young voters? Is it, you know, middle aged voters? Like, what's sex of the population decided to just what party yeah what part oh well for sure i i want to say that i think low turnout probably helps republicans but i i i don't know that i would put a million dollar bet on that i was talking to someone just last night about election day coming up and they go but there aren't any big races for us to vote on right oh my gosh i was like well i mean the senate like that's kind of a big deal well, and that might be part of it, Hannah, is that people, you know, Missouri, nationally, no one's covering Missouri because they just feel like Missouri is, you know, in the bank, right, for Republicans. And so a lot of people, even though it is a high profile race, they think he's going to win anyway. Why should I have to show up? But, I always get nervous until I see the results. And some of these races, I mean, in Boone County, we had a, a, a local race tie you know, on the yeah. nose. And I think, although in mid-Missouri, I don't think we're expecting anything to be that close. I think we might see some really, really close stuff over in St. Louis County. So um, hopefully everyone is turning out to vote. So get you can still vote uh, in-person absentee today. You can also uh, show up to the polls tomorrow. So do it. Um, what else? Let's see. Oh, Hannah, Brandon's gone. So can we have like, <laughs> I'm hoping that you know who this is and I'm not, uh, and Brandon will be back tomorrow. He's going to uh, the... Uh, Eric Schmidt will be in Columbia here very shortly, and we will have some good coverage for you of that event tomorrow. Um, but I'm hoping you... Do you know who Aaron Carter was? Yes. Okay, good. All right. Well, Aaron Carter, they said, uh, walked so Justin Bieber could run. He was like a a, a heartthrob young uh, kid, um, but he died this weekend at 34. And when I saw... He struggled with um, some addiction and some mental health issues, um, was a young... I think his he had his first album at like age nine, so... Um, so really, uh, crazy life. Um, but I was, I was personally heartbroken. I remember how much my sister loved Aaron Carter and I know Brandon would not know who that was, but I feel (laughs) very, don't don't confuse him with his brother who was in the Backstreet Boys. There you go. Right. And Aaron Carter did. I think he toured a little bit with the Backstreet Boys, but he has passed away. Um, oh, some good news, uh, for our, 
uh, holiday travels. I almost covered this in the morning bell, but uh, TSA is dropping their price for pre-check. And um, I know a lot of people think pre-check is only for people who travel very frequently, but it is worth it. I will tell you, if you even don't travel uh, very frequently to skip the long lines, um, apparently it was $85 and TSA is deflating the pre-check amount to $78. And you don't even have to take off your shoes, right? You don't have to take off your shoes. You don't have to take off your laptop or take out your laptop. Um, You don't have to like remove your, maybe you still have to remove jackets, but not belts. But basically you just walk through the thing and it's, it is worth it, especially in busy airports. So if you are taking some holiday travels, look into that. Hannah, you got any other leftovers? I got nothing. What about you, John? Well, we're just going to track along and see what happens in our meeting at 10 o'clock between Cole County Clerk Steve Korsmeyer, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, and and the Department of Justice officials to see what this could potentially mean for your time when you go to vote at a polling place in Cole County. Hopefully nothing. I think I think it's going to be nothing, and I think um, Secretary Ashcroft brought up a big, uh, a good point this morning that the urgency here is just completely fabricated. That if we had an issue with um, with accessibility, it could have been dealt with last week.